Alright, here's our music. Just rocking. Yeah. Let's keep it going, man. Yeah. This is a new one for us. Oh, man. Olympic superstar. Olympic superstar. Uh, somebody a little bit overlooked, in a way. Maybe because of the sport he played in or what happened at those Olympics. And welcome, everybody, to the Sports Experience Podcast. I am co-host Don Bitola, sitting alongside co-host Chris Quinn. And uh, you ready for some Olympic action today? Yeah, I mean, this guy... It was a great a little uh, research for this podcast. I mean, he was just a, an Olympic champion in a time I saw something that I thought was great in a time of uh, international tension. Ooh, international tension. That never happens. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, the gentleman we're talking about today is uh, Eric Hyden. Yeah. Um, Eric Hyden, who is a very athletic person, just overall athleticism. He, while he's famous for one sport, uh, definitely grew up uh, as an outdoors kind of guy. And he actually made a, a good shot at other sports, and we'll talk about that after it. But uh, he grew up in a very competitive household, which you see this on a lot of these athletes where they're just like, no, it was every single day me and my sister were c competing, and my grandpa was like really encouraging us. Because his grandpa was, a, a, I believe, an amateur hockey player and yeah. a coach. So they were... I imagine skating from like the time they were three. Yeah, so. no. And I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, born June 14th, 1958 in Madison, Wisconsin. So when you're in Wisconsin, ice, snow, and really getting after the outdoors. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's good that his family was like not overbearingly competitive. It was just like, yeah, play sports. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was one of those healthy competitive environments and something that one of his childhood uh, friends said was just like, one day they just like started to turn this room into their, pretty much their sports room. And there was just pretty much all of these different things like the, uh, like um, gymnastic equipment and just like different workout equipment. So like these, I mean, they've just been like going hard at I feel like Olympic sports their whole life. Yeah, which is kind of unfortunate. Like, not for-profit sports, you know, that bring in tons of revenue. But, I mean, he was really athletic as far as cycling, um, speed skating, obviously, um, and cross-country skiing. Yeah. So, I mean, have you ever done cross-country skiing? No, I've never skied a day in my life. Oh, my God. That is... It's like the most energy expending activity you could do. I imagine. Because you're, you're just, not going down. No. You're, you're like marching... Walking with these giant skis. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, um, there was a uh, place. Uh, him and his sister actually uh, have like a athletic facility there. I was wondering if we were going to bring this up. Yeah, so ahead. like, it was so cold, and they would train on these ice rinks. So like, figure skating, speed skating, hockey. And then they were like, we need a place to warm up afterwards. Let's not get hypothermia. Exactly. Because <laughs> I wonder if that happened to multiple kids because, hey, this was the era. I'm sure it did. And they it's were the like, era. Can rub we... some dirt on it. Yeah. Can we please do something? And I think the, the place is still actually named after him and his sister. Because Hi Hyden House. And Hyden the house, house is spelled German like Hyden House. Hyden House. Thank you very much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, growing up, totally athletic athletic family and graduates from Madison West High School in 1976 and kind of right after that he starts competing uh professionally well that's or, not professionally but I mean like internationally is a better way to put it I, I was gonna say at the top level of speed skating yes he um, chose speed skating over the other sports which one he'll play later but mm -hmm. <laughs> well we see in 77 he's in the world championships mm -hmm. so uh, just that leap right there so he graduates 76 
77, he's in the World Championships, um, which is in Dutch, which is in the Netherlands, which is in Holland. Um, it's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> and and I forget, I meant to write it down, but the uh, the place where the championships are held, this is like the speed skating mecca. Yeah, it's like speed skating is super... I had no idea until I researched this. It's super popular in the Netherlands slash Holland slash... Dutchland or whatever you want to call well, it. Well, for a long time, their second most popular athlete was a speed skater behind a soccer player. Johan so Cruyff? So no, no. This was in the uh, 2000s with Ar oh. Arjun Robin. And that's the thing is like, it wasn't like soccer player, soccer player, soccer player. It was literally soccer player, speed skater. Like that's how popular speed skating is there. And he said he got this first, like, almost like... Um, it, it would be like a confidence boost for him because obviously he goes there, yeah. wins the world championship, but he beats the the current world champion. Yeah, the Dutch guy, right? Who was, yeah. who was Dutch, and he said the audience not... Like, they cheered, you know, for the champion, but they cheered like he was from, you know, Holland. Like, this was like their hometown guy because they saw what a great speed skater he was going to be. He's sure fast. <laughs> I mean, literally, like this 18, 19-year-old kid beats the world champion, and they're just like, whoa, okay. And that was the other thing, was he was beating people by like four or five seconds. And beating which is, like guys who are like grizzly veterans of this game yep. after he was in the juniors. But yeah, he was like just this phenom that came out of nowhere. Like, insane. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Like, I love this. It really is a meteoric rise because... There's nowhere, there's no, there's really nothing before what he was doing in speed skating other than like in your home rink. Pretty much, and, and yeah. And then they were like, no, 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 we're going to take him to the world championships and he's going to dominate. And then people started to take note. But speed skating is so small, yeah. people really only took note in this little community. community. Yeah, so. exactly. Which is kind of crappy in a way because it's like... This guy was so good. He was so dominant at what he did. But this is why I love the Olympics. Yeah. Because you, for like a day, two days, you're like, you know what? I'm going to get really into speed skating. I'm on top of the world. Yeah. And then you're getting all nationalistic, like, dang you, I just watched Red Dawn. <laughs> you got to, you got to get into it. Other countries do it. But uh, yeah, uh, won the world uh, junior worlds in '77 and '78. Um, won three world all-around championships and four sprint championships. Yep. And when I say he was good, I mean he was record-setting good. Um, three times he broke the world record in the 100 meters. Two times in the 300. One time in the 1500 or uh, 1000 meter. I'm sorry, 3000 meter twice. Um, 15, uh, one time in the, uh, 1500 and then one time in the 10,000. That's amazing. That's crazy. And we'll talk about that 10,000 cause that's quite the, uh, that's one of the most amazing races to, all right, we'll get and into it. And four times in a row, he won the, uh, Oscar, uh, Matheson award, which is like the best speed skater in the world. He's the only, uh, speed skater to ever win it four times. And he's the only one to ever win, I think, four consecutive on top of that. So they were talking about you're not going to see a speed skater this dominant ever again. And he had 15 world records by the time he finished his career. But let's get into Which is young. Yeah. I know. That's super young. <laughs> Especially for the window that he did it in, yeah. too. So uh, 1980, the Winter Olympics happen. Eric Hyden is about 22 years old on top of the world. And they're being held in the United States. Well, and this was the thing coming in. People were like, he's 
in his home, you know, it, it, he has home court advantage, which is weird to say. But Lake Placid, home yeah, ice. Home almost. ice advantage. <laughs> but they were saying, like, he was so hyped that they were wondering if he was going to win two or three gold medals and medal in the other events. Like, that was what they were saying was he was, within the community, he was looked at as like, oh, this is our next star. We're going to watch something special. Mm-hmm. And then everybody kind of realized that after the first couple of races. I mean, let's just get right into yeah, it. First race, Lake man. Placid, New York. Yep. 500 uh, meter. Mm-hmm. And this is why I love the Olympics of this era. He's going up against the guy from USSR. Which is great. Who was the reigning Olympic champion. Taking steroids, probably. He might have been the reigning uh, world champion in the 500. Something like that. Mm. And our man, our Eric Hyden, goes out and literally has an Olympic record on this one. <laughs> And beats him. And that's when people were saying, like, oh, let's start to see this. Because the 500 dash is, like, they were talking about it being really a... It's almost like a mental thing. Yeah. Where it's just, like, that first sprint and you have to lock in. Like, there's there's very little room for mistake on Get that. Get out of the gate fast, yep. basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. All, he wins his first gold medal. And you're like, wow, it's already a successful Olympics. Mm-hmm. Doesn't stop there. No. No. Second race is the 5,000 meter. Mm-hmm. He wins on that one. I don't think... Oh, he does get an Olympic record on this one, too. Yeah. So first two, he has the two Olympic records, which is so ridiculously insane. And this is what they were saying was, like, he's beating people by, like, four or five seconds. Yeah, it's not like and he's just barely winning by a nose or whatever you want to call it. Well, speed, speed skating, skating is yeah. normally... Like, racing is yeah. normally very, like, close to the finish where you're just like, ah, he beat him by 30 seconds. He's, like, flow-joing people no, on ice skates is what this guy's up. doing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, third race, he goes at it again. This is the thousand. I believe this is his best um, it seemed, event. Is the is the thousand meter? It seemed to be when I read all those like records and stuff. Yeah, the thousand was kind of his like bread and butter. And know. another Olympic record. <laughs> Dominates again. People. <laughs> the fourth race. This was actually really interesting. Yeah. Because the fourth race was the fifteen hundred, and there's a point in this race where he almost falls. Oh. And he's he's so far ahead that he still beats the guy That's... by like a ton, but like he he f- almost falls so much where he hits the ice with his hand and pushes himself back up, and you're like, whoa! Because in the hair in him now, uh huh. If you fall at that point, you're done. Yeah. So like this is fourth gold medal. He takes another, and it it's amazing. It's... it's already an amazing Olympics for him. Like, and everyone's going nuts. Like. The U.S. at this time, you know, politically and socially, it's pretty much down in the dumps. There's not a lot to, you know, take pride in at that moment. But these Winter Olympics proved uh, for Eric Hyden to be like, yeah, let's get behind this guy. All well, right. like I was saying, there was a lot of international tension. Uh, the Soviet Union was invading Afghanistan at this time. So we were like almost looking at this like we're battling Oh, yeah. The Soviet Union. And, and like John Rambo hasn't shown up to help the Taliban you. fight you. in that, you know? Remember when that happened? No, <laughs> you guys remember that or no? <laughs> um, so I brought this up because the day before yep. this last race oh, this is, good. is the Miracle on Ice. Yeah. Where we play the Soviet Union and beat them. Well, Eric Hyden is team. at this. Yeah, this yeah. is the hockey game, um, which is actually the semifinal. Damn, believe in miracles. But yeah, um, Eric Hyden's actually at this game, and he stays up super late yeah. because, I mean, I think the game goes to like 12, and then you get home, and you're Partied all jacked out. up. Yeah, yeah You're I mean, like on a, you're drunk, but you're on adrenaline, so you're in that weird state of like, oh, God, like 
I, I have to race tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> like, so the, uh, the, the speed skating coach is waiting for him in the car and they're like, what's going on? Why isn't he coming down? And she goes <laughs> up and she's like, Oh, he was completely passed out. And I had to be like, Eric, we need to be down for warm ups <laughs> oh, no. in like 10 minutes. Oh. And he like jumps out of bed. And this is one of my favorite things is he fucking jumps out of bed and just jams a bunch of bread in his mouth. That's she was awesome. Like, oh. She was like, I didn't understand it, but I mean, he had his own way. Hey, there have been times when I've had to get places where I've eaten some really weird stuff for brunch slash breakfast. So I'm not blaming him. And even though gluten's supposedly bad, yeah. look what bread did in this race. It was delicious. Yeah, delicious American bread. bread. Yeah. Um, so he shows up to the 10,000 meter and he does what people are saying was before the Olympics, the impossible which is when every single speed skating event. Yeah. And people were trying to like make, you know, equate this to other things. And they're like, it'd be like a sprinter showing up, winning the hundred and then winning the marathon. Like, exactly. Cause they're, 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 he's doing every event. The only thing I can equate this maybe to is Michael Phelps. And he got some medals off of relays where it wasn't like him individually. And he also wasn't in the, the straight up sprints. Yeah, the fifty meter, or 50 whatever, meter, yeah, yeah, meter, whatever. Yeah. So like, there. That's why I think this because he literally was in every single event that they were offering. He got a gold medal, which he's, is it, it's just amazing. Insane. It's yeah. so and like he's celebrated after this, rightfully so. But like, you're in five events, you win all five, and you dominate, and you're in America for that Olympics. So it's like, holy cow, that's so cool. No, it was definitely one of the most amazing Olympic performances ever. And people are saying like for an individual to have five gold medals, um, the only countries that out Eric Haydn in this Olympics <laughs> were the Soviet Union and East Germany. Oh, man. I'm just saying. Those are the only ones that had more gold medals than Eric Hyden. But what about the Jamaican bobsled team, Chris? Were they in this one? Feeling very Olympic today. <laughs> so that's Rest the in thing. peace, John Candy. That's the thing about Eric Hyden's story is it doesn't end here. Oh, no. just to go back real quick. This yeah. was a fun little story. Um, Time Magazine, their, uh, their deadline was Sunday night, and his 10,000-meter race was Sunday night. And they asked him if he would get five gold medals to take a picture just in case he won so they can put it out. Oh, wow. And what was awesome was they were like, well, he wasn't superstitious whatsoever. He just wanted to own the photos so that if he didn't win, it wouldn't come out. Yeah, like that was the only thing. Yeah, it. he was just like, I, I'm going to win. I'm ready for it. I'll take those photos, but I need to own the photos. And I was like, that's an awesome story. Well, where, you don't want bad karma. No. That's just like... You're testing fate there. Yeah. Like, take the pictures, you know, go ahead. And, you know, you're obviously going to win. But, like, how embarrassing but, would that have been? It's like, Dewey defeats Truman. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> but uh, 1983 elected to the U.S. Olympic Hall of Fame and the Wisconsin Athletic Hall of Fame in 1990. Um, but let's get into his post-skating career after he retired. Well, this was something that he had been doing as far as like training and stuff, he had been cycling his entire life. So I feel like it was like a winter speed skating, summer yeah. cycling kind of thing. Another thing that people were saying was his legs were so ridiculously strong 
that it was an easy transition for him to go into cycling. Quadzilla, man. Yeah. And I feel like if you're you're doing both sports, they're kind of the same in terms of like the endurance aspect. It's like, it's not snowing, but I can do something to really get that oxygen pumping, you know? Well, I saw uh, actually a quote from him where he said that if I, because I, he understood what kind of training it took to be an Olympian. Yeah. If I could do that, if I can f- fully dedicate myself to cycling, I could be one of the best cyclists in America. And that was like his mindset with that is like, I understand the training. <laughs> if I actually just put the time in, I can do it. And I loved that. Well, I'm just moonlighting as Lance Armstrong. Don't worry yeah, about it. Exactly. Like, but he doesn't just moonlight. When his skating career is over, he throws himself into cycling. Yeah. And he's pretty good <laughs> at it. I mean, uh, 1981, uh, the UCI Track and World uh, Cycling uh, uh, Championship. He competed in that. Yeah. Which is like, granted, you're training as a cyclist, but only on the side. It's like you have to be really good Mm -hmm. to get involved with that type of thing. Um, He finished 19th in that one. Um, He was a founding member of the 7-Eleven cycling team. I had uh, ended up reading. And then uh, finished the 1985 uh, Giro d'Italia, which uh, is a like not the Tour de France, but one of the big bike races in Europe. And uh, he also even competed in the 1986 Tour de France, but uh, got into a little bike accident. Yeah, he got injured. Um, collision, correct? Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. Uh, collision. Concussion. Yeah, yeah and he, and they tried to get him back on his bike, and the team doctor showed up, and he was like, he's done. Like, they were, like, thinking that he could kind of get back on and go, and the doctor was like, yeah, no, 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 he needs to... And I'm pretty sure you spent some time in the hospital, and that was kind of the end of his cycling career because you kind of have, like, this window. Yeah, but how cool would that have been if he five-time gold medalist and you just finished the Tour de France? I know. Like, oh, my God. And that's what he said. He wanted to compete in this and have, you know, the cycling be almost at the same level, and he was getting there and then kind of got injured, and I feel like it kind of took the steam out of it. Took the steam out, but, I mean, in 88, he was the first uh, U.S. professional, uh, won the first U.S. professional cycling championship and the first American road race champion. So it's like, who knows? We could be talking about him like we would talk about Lance Armstrong or something. Without, you know, Without awesome drugs. Good for drugs and those little yellow wristbands. But that's the thing is, back in the day, I felt like the window was a lot shorter Mm -hmm. in the Tour de France elite era. You yep. know, so this is probably uh, when nobody's testing for anything. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> anyway, uh, he uh, doesn't stop there. Like his kind of professional sports is, you know, a little bit uh, over. But uh, he's a very smart person, mm-hmm. very intelligent, uh, follows in his father's footsteps, uh, Jack, actually, and uh, becomes a doctor, like a medical doctor, not like a philosophy doctor, a real doctor. <laughs> Uh, he becomes an orthopedic surgeon, correct? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, graduated from Stanford. Mm-hmm. Um, Residency training at UC Davis in 96. Uh, worked at a sports medicine clinic in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And then uh, went back home to California and was an orthopedic surgeon in the Sacramento area for a yeah. while, which is pretty dang impressive if you think about it. Like, just, oh, I'm just an American hero. Go be, go be a doctor. Well, I'm be a surgeon. I, I want to say this because right after the Olympics, people were trying to get him to be the spokesman of a bunch of different... Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And he turned down a ton of them. The only ones he did was like Crest, and I think he did like MasterCard, and they were saying he did those because he actually used those products, and he wanted that to be like an authentic with his 
style and not just be on every single thing and they were saying like how you mean you don't want him to star in those general commercials with Shaq exactly <laughs> exactly and that's the thing is he definitely didn't take the fast money and you can see it later in life where he dedicated himself to cycling another sport that did not have a high income and then he ended up going and becoming a doctor and really just like you could tell kind of followed what he was passionate about. Yeah, and good on him. It's yeah. like one of those few examples, oh, follow what you love and it'll all work out. It's like, good for you, dude. But uh, he really got involved with sports medicine. And I found that to be super interesting, almost like not as a way of giving back, but just like you can tell how much this guy loves athletics, you know? Well, I, I saw, a, I forget what athlete it was, but they were talking about how he understood the amount of training that they wanted to get back into right away. They're yeah. like, I don't want to pussyfoot this. I want to get right back into making this as strong as it can be. Yeah. And that's what I feel like that's what athletes were kind of missing in the in the medicine era was like ex athletes being like, no, I get it. I get what you're going through. Yeah, so. but I mean, how many examples are like an Eric, like how many ex-athletes end up becoming orthopedic surgeons? Not, I mean, maybe another one. <laughs> yeah, maybe another guy. I don't know. I don't know. But that's why they were, they were talking about how great it was to talk to him because he understood shit you were going through. So, oh, yeah. totally. No, and he was a, a orthopedic surgeon in Sacramento, like I said before, the team physician for the Sacramento Kings and the WNBA team, the Monarchs there. In uh, 2002, 2006, 2010, and 2014, he was the team physician for the U.S. Olympic speed skating team. Oh, yeah. So it's like, who better do you want to work on you if you're not feeling right than the guy yep. in your sport? Like, you can call him the GOAT. I might. But um, he opened up uh, an orthopedic specialty hospital in uh, Utah and uh, also a Hyden Orthopedics in Park City, Utah, which uh, I think is pretty cool. Um he was the doctor in 2009 for uh, J.R. Sir, I'm going to butcher this last name, Soleski, Sherleski. He crashed and cut himself to the bone in one of the races. Oh, yeah. Haydn worked on him, and he competed and won bronze in the 2010 Winter Olympics, which is pretty awesome, if you yeah. ask me. Yeah, that's great. Um, but... Uh, other thing I wanted to get into. Do you want to get into his Olympic 2002 in Utah? The yeah. little controversy with him? Not that he's wrong or bad. But. No, no. And, it, and it's, yeah, I mean, silly controversy. They asked him to come and be a part of it. And he wanted to be the one to light the final, I forget, the final torch. The Olympic so. torch, yeah. And mind you, I think this is the first Winter Olympics in the United States since 1980. Yep. So... I mean, this is a big deal, and who, I don't even think it's an ego thing for him. I think it's like, I won five gold medals. I'm an American hero. They should be playing Rick Derringer in the background as I like that torch. Well, that's the thing is, we were talking about it pre-podcast. They end up giving it to the hockey team that did the Miracle on Ice, and as far as accomplishments go, his definitely better five gold medals, but as far as like the impact it had... I feel like the hockey team does deserve it. And that's why he was like, well, if I'm not lighting the torch, I'm just not going to go. Yeah. And he actually had to make a statement to be like, I have nothing against the hockey teams. I still think some of those guys are my friends. Just saying, like, 
I felt like I should have been the guy lighting the torch. And he has a very valid argument. Yeah. And let's remember that that Soviet game was a semifinal game, yep. not a final game, but still very impressive um, as far as, you know, the only other U.S.-Soviet sporting event that ended better was when Rocky Balboa went to Moscow and trained on a mountain. <laughs> and you know what? He turned those commies into... A just Americans. Just Americans, yeah. yeah. They were chanting his name at the end. But no, uh, Eric Hyden, one of arguably one of the best U.S. Winter Olympic athletes that has ever existed, one of the best kind of all-around athletes of his era in the non-Big Four sports for what he was able to accomplish. And just a very successful person overall as far as, oh, yeah, I just got a you know medical degree from Stanford, you know, just an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah, he's just constantly winning. Yeah. Can't really deny Eric Hyden. So his, good 